welcome to episode 41 of the BNCast. Not a podcast that cancels the early access event the day before its launch and leaves everyone to find out through a few random streamers on Twitter, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I'm Scott and I'm joined by the Sedgemore witch herself, Emma. How are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, bit of a busy one this week, but overall I feel quite good. Uh, in terms hmm. of Magic, um, so as it's Strixhaven pre-release weekend just gone, um... I picked up a couple of Strixhaven pre-release kits and jammed some gains over webcam and spell table. Um, mm-hmm. So my first deck was a really, really fun Lorehold deck. Um, apparently, Two Blade Historians is just really good and sealed, as you mm-hmm. know, as my opponents found out. Um, and I picked up, I opened the Blot Out the Sky, which is the the Silver Quill Mythic, the X spell that makes Oda Inklings. That was also quite good. Mm-hmm. Then. I picked up a sil- I had a silver quill deck, which was probably the best sealed deck I'll ever make, and I'm <laughs> tempted just to quit Strixhaven Limited right now because it had with a blink command, it had mm-hmm. the silver quill command, which is also mm-hmm. quite good. You had Sedgemore Witch, and you had Belladross Wibberbloom all in one deck, and it's just like, why can't I open these in GPs? Why can't <laughs> why at a pre-release? But yeah, like I'm really tempted just to quit Strixhaven Limited because I, I'm not going to open and build a deck that good ever again. Um, but yeah, I, I, unsurprisingly, I didn't lose a game. Um, nice. <laughs> I will say, though, Lesson Learned is a really fun mechanic for Limited. I would go out on a limb to say it's probably one of the best Limited mechanics in recent times. Because you get a mm. lesson card in every pack, right? So it means you can always do something. And there's some really good mm. colorless lesson cards. At worst, you get to rummage as well, which is just fine in Limited. You just yeah. want to yeah. do something. It replaces itself. And yeah, outside of that, I've been catching up with some friends as lockdown is starting to ease in England. Um, saw some friends for the first time in about a year and I didn't realise how socially starved I was until I was hmm. safely around a, a fire pit chat and stuff. So it's been really, really good. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. For my article this week, first off, uh, it's the upgrade guide for the Prismari Performance Preconstructed deck. So I break down the new cards, how the deck plays, what each different section needs to succeed, that kind of thing. So if that sounds good to you, that's over on Car Kingdom right now. As far as Commander goes, I've updated a few Commander decks, and I'm putting Talran back together. It's one of the strongest decks that I've probably ever built. It's not far from CEDH, and I took it apart because I rarely got to play it, but some friends have recently told me they're happy to play with it because they've got some very strong decks, so it'll be well-balanced there. Um, I'm also changing Jory N. I know I said I was going with Veyron Voice of Duality, but I'm actually not. I am going with my heart on this one and it's something that I've always wanted to play and that is Niv-Mizzet-Payrun. Every yeah. time I've mentioned Niv-Mizzet-Payrun someone is like, oh god, don't play Niv. And you know what? I often build to the table, but sometimes I've just got to build for me too. So I'm mm. going to build Niv. I'm going to go with it. I'm not tutoring up combo pieces or anything like that. It's just going to be good, strong spell your stuff that will mm. eventually like draw into combo or whatever. But yeah. I'm looking forward to that myself. On brand. Yeah. Uh, Outside of Magic, lockdown restrictions have also started to ease up here recently, which is nice. And the distance that we could travel has increased just enough so that I was able to meet up with my parents yesterday in a park uh, to have a small picnic, which is nice. Um, Nice. I haven't seen them since Christmas, so that was good. And yeah, hopefully I'll be able to see another couple of friends over the next little bit of time. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a good start, I guess. Better than nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. Still waiting to get my my 5G installed, but sure luck. Same, I'm waiting to get my third arm. (laughs) 
If you enjoy the BM cast and would like to support them, you can become a patron for as little as $3. You'll get access to all of the notes and deck lists they use on the show, and their $7 tier gives you VIP access to the greatest budget resources of any magic podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit patreon.com forward slash budget magic cast to level up your game and get your stonks on. Okay, before we continue any further, I do have to give a little heads up. Last night, I had a piece of food go the wrong way, and I absolutely shredded my voice. Uh, The piece of food ended up sitting on my vocal cords, and like essentially took my voice away for like three or four hours last night, and I haven't fully recovered. So if I'm talking a little bit less today, or I have a weird sound in my voice, that's what it's from. I just figured, like, the show must go on, we still must have our recording, but... Just in case I sound terrible at any point. Any more terrible than normal, you know. (laughs) But, Emma, I hear you have a card of the week for us this week. I do, and there's no no Jess guy to interrupt us this time. So the card (laughs) of the week I have this week is Consulate Crackdown, which is an enchantment rare from Aether Revolt. Uh, Mm. So what it does when it enters the battlefield, you exile all artifacts your opponents control until Consulate Crackdown leaves the battlefield. In Commander, this is very, very good because everyone plays <laughs> artifacts. Everyone plays mana rocks. So this is just a five mana, just sweep all artifacts on the field, including stuff like artifact lands and you know stuff like Bite Seal Colossus and mere Battle Spheres and stuff. It's just a really good way to clear the table. So it's like 20 cents at the moment on TCG Player. So mm-hmm. it seems a pretty good staple in white decks. So grab them while you can. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Pretty decent. All right, now, this week, we are talking about budget Strixhaven pickups. we got some back-to-school deals for you here. These are cards that, you know, may or may not have shown up in the spotlight, but are currently very, very cheap for what they do. And we can't see them getting any cheaper, but we can definitely see them getting more expensive over time. We thought we would just run down through these and explain why some of them are particularly notable to us. Every single one of these are $3 or less, with the majority of them being significantly less, most of them being under a dollar. So, Emma, why don't you start us off with the first one on the list here? Yep, so the first one we have is Conspiracy Theorist, which is a two-mana red creature, is a human shaman, so you get a 2-2. So when Conspiracy Theorist attacks, you may pay one mana and discard a card, and if you do, you draw a card. Whenever you discard one or more non-land cards, you may exile one of them from your graveyard, and if you do, you can cast it this turn. What makes Conspiracy Theorists really good in Commander, you can pair it up with really powerful generals such as Reality Everwise, or Gabby the Nest Warden's a really good one, just a way to buy back your spells and your, and your cards. And for two mana, it just seems a really, really good um, option. Um, it could see playing standard as well. You've got some ways mm. to bring cards back. It's it's cheaply costed enough it could see play in the format as well. But yeah, this is just a really good, repeatable discard and card advantage in red, which you always want. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. The next one on the list that I have here is Storm Kiln Artist. So it's three and a red for a 2-2 Dwarf Shaman and gets plus one, plus zero oh for each artifact you control, which is nice. It can turn into a beater in some artifact decks, but... The key piece here is Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a treasure token. So, this is a mana production engine. We've seen similar mana production engines before in the likes of Bergy God of Storytelling, Runaway Steamkin, that kind of thing. They show up in the right decks in Commander, for example. 
And I, I'm focusing this mostly on Commander because four mana for a 2-2 in any other format just doesn't seem like it's viable, really. But in Commander, this is going to be a Spellslinger staple until they print something better. Like, this effectively reduces the cost of all of your spells by one, essentially. And also gets bigger if you just don't cash in on that additional treasure that they're making. So... The place that I see this seeing the best home is in Zada Hedron Grinder, because it's whenever you cast or copy. So if Zada is out and you target Zada with, say, something that, say, like an Expedite, gains haste and draw a card, you're going to copy it for every other creature you control, which means you're going to get a treasure for each of your creatures that you control, and you're going to draw a card off the Expedite because Zada's copying it so many times. So suddenly that turns into a one-mana gain four, five, six, twenty treasures, and then draw that many cards as well, that's, that's broken. That, like, you're just going to draw your deck with that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good one. Keep an eye out for that. Pick them up if you can. They are currently, like, 50 cents each. Get a few. Get a few, at least. Yep. Yeah, next on the list is one of my favourite cards that come from Strixhaven, which is Sedmore Witch. So you get a free mana, free two, which has Menace, already pretty good. It also has Ward, and Ward is a really cool ability. It's kind of like a sort of update on Hexproof, where you pay something, you pay resources mm. into removing it. So with Sedgemore Witch, you pay free life, and you can target the creature with a spell or ability in order to remove it. Mm -hmm. It also has Magecraft. Its Magecraft ability reads, whenever you cast a copy, an instant or sorcery spell, you create a 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. Now, it kind of reminds me of Young Pyromancer, but um, in Standard and Modern, it might have a lot of legs. The one extra mana is a little tough in Modern, but you get so much more, and the tokens that you create are better as well. This could be really good in, like, Golgari Rock in Modern, if the format slows down. Going further, it might bring back Mardi Pyromancer, which has kind of fallen down mm -hmm. the wayside, and having Pyromancer copies, like, six to eight could be really good. It's just one of those cards that are kind of think you should keep an eye on, especially in Standard. Yeah. It might not see play in Standard at the moment, just because Bone Crusher Giant exists and stomp, it just gets stomped quite easily. But yeah. once Eldraine rotates out in September, I can see this becoming a really big deal. So just keep an eye on it. The couple of bucks each at the moment is probably worth picking up. For sure. And speaking of Sedgemore Witch, there's a card that works particularly well with them in Strixhaven, and that is Plum the Forbidden. So this has started to make waves very recently. It's one and a black for an instant. As an additional cost to cast the spell, you may sacrifice one or more creatures. When you do, copy the spell for each creature sacrificed this way. And it's you draw a card and you lose one life. So, to just break this down a little bit, if you sacrifice no creatures, this is you draw a card and lose one life at instant speed. That's fine, right? However, if you sacrifice one creature, we'll say, that's draw two cards, lose two life. That's sign and blood. This works very, very well with Sedgemore Witch because whenever you cast or copy a spell, and you'll be copying it if you're sacrificing creatures to Plum the Forbidden, you will make a pest with Sedgemore Witch. <laughs> and those pests that you make with Sedgemore Witch, when they die, you gain life, and this makes you lose life. So it, the life ends up being mitigated almost entirely. And you'll end up with that same number of creatures back if you have a Sedgemore Witch on the battlefield because it's cast or copy again. So it's definitely playable in like black commander decks with a lot of sacrifice fodder. Um, it could really help to make maybe even sacrifice builds viable in the likes of Pioneer and maybe even as far as modern because mm -hmm. that kind of 
ability to draw that many cards from sacrificing that many things all in one go it's phenomenal this hasn't existed on a card before it's basically kind of like storm as well so yeah i would pick up a place out of these and just hold on to them even if you're not using them because currently they're 29 cents Hmm. worst case scenario you're down a dollar and you have four cards that are going to show yeah, up somewhere. It's, it's, it's a really unique effect, isn't it? And mm. like with the, the artists, the Sonkin artists that you mentioned earlier, like this is going to be like the de facto sort of card until they print something better at one mana, which is mm. probably unlikely. And it's just got so, it's got such a high ceiling. Like I just happy to pick up a place and forget about it. It's going to, it's going to break something somewhere, right? Probably. But if not, it's such a low cost investment, yeah. a whole dollar. <laughs> Um, next is probably one of the best removal spells to come from the set, um, which is Vanishing mm. Verse. So for white and a black mana, you get an instant, and it simply reads, Exile target monocolor permanent. And the exile is quite important here. Um, yeah. It is the cleanest answer we have seen to Heliod Suncrowned for modern, uh, which if you, if, mm. you do, if you play modern, you'll be aware that uh, green-white Heliod is probably the best deck in the format, and having instant speed answers to Heliod can be quite difficult. And Vanishing Verse is a really good option. Yeah. Also, just hits a lot of modern staples as well. So you got stuff like Primeval Titan, JTMS, Scourge of the Sky Play, Stoneforge Mystic, and it does also hit Blood Moon. Even with the mana demands, it's probably going to see playing like Esper Control, which is starting to tick up again because there's just yeah. a nice suite of um, Silver Quill cards coming out, and they all just slot into that deck. So keep an eye on that in modern as well. That's probably going to be like a tier two strategy going forward. It does blank against stuff like Khan Liberated, which is a bit awkward. It doesn't hit Carnalicent Artifact mm. cards. However, it's still worth playing just because the, t- the stuff you can hit outweighs the ones that you can't. And going further, it's going to see some playing Pioneer as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see this in the to Light decks and also in Ors of Human sideboards. So yeah, yeah. Um, it is on the more expensive side. They are $3 each at the moment because it is a rare and it's mm-hmm. got a lot of application in older formats. But I can just see that price going up, to be honest, because it's just such a clean answer to so many threats of various formats. 100%. Speaking of clean cards, the next one I have here. Solve the equation. Two and a blue. Sorcery. Search your library for an instant or sorcery card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. And shuffle. This is Spellseeker, but without a body, and it's less restrictive. Like, tutoring for any instant or sorcery in your deck is very, 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 very good. This will absolutely see playing a commander from now until forever. Even if they print a better version, they'll still probably play this. Buy absolutely as many of these as you can, because they will probably spike post-rotation and are already up at $2 for an uncommon, which these days, with the amount of availability, is pretty surprising, to be honest. So, yes, get these. Absolutely get these. Uh, so next we have is Lawhole Command, and it reads, so for five mana, so three generic, a red and a white, you get an instant, and you get to choose two modes. The first mode is create a free 2 red and white spirit creature token. The second mode is creatures you control get plus one plus oh and gain indestructible in haste until the end of turn. Third mode is Lawhog Command deals three damage to any target and target player gains free life. The final mode is sacrifice a permanent and then draw two cards. This is probably the best command for standard considering you mm. have like Naya Heroic and Boris Heroic coming out. Yes, five mana is a lot in those decks, but it's just really nice as a couple of at the top end if you just want to push through that those last points of damage. Um, mm. Also, the sacrifice effect is really important here too because we don't see that in Boris in in sorry in Lawhold Colors and the fact that you can just sack off an extra land to draw a couple of cards seems really really good. Um, yep. Also, it's, it seems really really good in Commander. I expect this is just to be a staple in 
Boris law hold decks going forward because it rewards you for being aggressive if you are old school Boris, quote unquote, or if you want to dawdle around and be law hold and you know bring stuff back and recur threats. Um, overall, it just seems really, really good, and I would be I would be tempted to pick a couple up because they are currently one dollar each. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of card in Commander that it's never incredible, but it's always good. Yeah. And, they, and that's a good sign of a command, right? Like you want it to be good at all points of the game and you can either finish a game or it can help you find what you need. Yeah, I really like the versatility on this card. Yeah, 100%. Now, the opposite of versatility is something that's very niche and that is divide by zero. So divide by zero is two and a blue for an instant that says return target spell or permanent with mana value one or greater to its owner's hand and then learn. So either go and get a lesson card from outside the game, or rummage. Now, the reason I'm bringing up Divide by Zero is because it's a rare type of spell that interacts with both the stack and the battlefield. There are only two other spells that interact in the same way, and that is Unsubstantiate and Venser Shaper Savant, both of which see play in multiple formats and are well-respected cards. This is one mana more than Unsubstantiate, but it has that rummage effect on it as well. So it can bounce an uncounterable spell, say like, you know, Niv-Mizzet or Dovin's Veto or something. Or if you don't want to give them back to Dovin's Veto, you can bounce back your own spell to your hand and not give them the counter spell and allow you to recast it again later and then still have that rummage effect. I'm personally going to actually be trying this in Monoblutron as a replacement for Repeal because what's important in that deck is that you interact but also filter through your deck as quick as possible to get the pieces that you need at different times it's not necessarily card advantage that you need you need to just churn through to get what you need to get to and that's why they run stuff like thirst for knowledge and that kind of thing so this is really really good i think this is being slept on again it's 29 cents what's the harm in picking up a couple of these and yeah that's it it's just really neat also it's one of the cooler names on cards in the set so yeah i do like some of the name on these cards they've really hammed the flavor which is quite nice to see (laughs) Going back to commands, and uh, my next card is Witherbloom Command, which is a two mana sorcery. So Witherbloom is the Golgari color, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. for the college. Um, so it is a sorcery. Again, you get to choose two modes, and the first mode is target player mills three cards, and then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. The second mode is destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. We have shifted from converted mana cost to mana value to tidy up the text mm-hmm. box. So that is the new turn now. Uh, third mode is target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. And the final mode is target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. I can see this scene play in modern. I think it's probably the mm-hmm. best command for eternal formats. Reason why, let's talk about modern. So it hits so many modern staples. You hit stuff like Aether Vile, Amulet of Vigor, Expedition Map. You know, you got stuff like Colossus Hammer, Sigarda's Aid, Utopia Sprawl. They, they mm. hit so many of these important cards. Even stuff like Rest in Peace, which is that's the sort of card that kind of hinders these Golgari X decks. Um, mm. Particularly, I can see it seeing play in Crabvine Dredge, as you can use the third yeah. mode to kill your own Stitcher's Supplier to mill, and then use the first mode to mill more, so you can just fill up your bin nice. like so much and get like a fetch land back. It, it seems really, really good. The structure mm. of the card might bite you, and it's just worth noting if you're looking to play Crabvine or Dredge, for that matter, and you want to play with a, with a blink command. So if you wanted to destroy a rest in peace with the the second mode, yet you wanted to mill as well, which is the first mode, they go in order. So if you destroy the rest in peace and you go, oh, I'm going to mill free, then mm. 
those three cards will go into exile and you won't get the land back. So just be careful how, with how you want to, you know, cast the spell because it does go in order and you mm. don't want to two for one yourself, essentially. But yeah, Witherboom Command is great. Even though it's a sorcery, I think it's very, very powerful. It is about $3 at the moment. And once again, I can just see that going up once people cotton on to how good it is. Yep, 100%. And worst case scenario, you spend $3 on a card, it's a decent card, and if it does happen to go down, like, it's not going to go down by a lot at all. Yeah. Like, it might drop to maybe $2, but ultimately the chances of this going up is quite high, I think. Yes. Final card that I have is Expressive Iteration. So, it is blue-red for a sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and one on the bottom of your library, and exile one of them. You may play the exiled card this turn. So this is a two-mana draw two. It just doesn't say draw on it. So, you know, if for whatever reason you're playing against a Narsip or of Veils, this gets around it nicely. But, for example, on turn three, if you've made your first two land drops, which you should, because, you know, you didn't keep a risky keep like I usually do, it will find you your third land, which you can exile and play that turn. It will then draw you a card, and then the worst of the cards just goes away. This could easily show up in something like Blue Red Prowess in Modern as a replacement for Light Up the Stage, because I've been playing that deck a lot, and I found that Light Up the Stage forces you to cast your Bolts or Lava Darts to go face more often than you want. Sometimes you want to reserve those for dealing with problematic creatures that might be out, but then you can't enable Spectacle before getting in with your attackers, which is not great. So, yeah, I found it to be a little clunky in the deck sometimes. So this, mm. while being a mana more expensive is probably a little bit easier to play around with. And to be honest, I see this showing up everywhere. Like, anywhere that runs blue and red, this is fantastic. It is so, so strong. And at, like, 45 cents? Yeah, just pick up a playset. Yeah, it does, it does a lot of text. It has a lot of text, and a lot of that text is good. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is probably one of the, going to be one of the more powerful uncommons from the set, I think, from mm. Mari. Like, I'm surprised people aren't talking about it more. I saw Todd Anderson writing about it for SCG, but that's about it and yourself, yep. like, talking about it. And it's just like, feel like this has been slept on a little bit. It seems really good. In my experience, this is the kind of card that people don't look at in the early couple of weeks of a f- new set because it's not flashy, it's not cool. Mm. But, you know, like, people didn't really look that much at Light Up to say they were like, oh, cool, Red kind of gets a thing. And mm. that was that was it. And they were all too busy looking at like the, the mythics and the you know the spawn of mayhems and all that sorts of stuff. With this Good example as well was um Arclight Phoenix as well. Yeah, a lot of people were like, Oh, it's too many spells to cast. <laughs> like have you played a spell slinger build? Like I don't understand. Yeah, was, I, I, I go a slight tangent a little bit, but I, I remember everyone goes, Arclight Phoenix is terrible. What are you on about? I'm like, it's Vengevine for spells. If Vengevine can see play in modern that focuses mm-hmm. on creatures where modern's more spell dense, this is like someone's gonna break this at some point and just fell on deaf ears and then, you know, someone broke it and then it's like, huh, it's nice to be right. Yep. <laughs> nice to know my card evaluation's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's uh yeah, it, it is a very, very good card. It's just not the kind of card that people are paying a lot of attention to in the early weeks. So uh, give it a little bit of time. This will start showing up more, for sure. Mm. And have you any final recommendations, Emma, for the cards? Um, in so Wood my final recommendations is kind of the ones we touched on a couple of weeks ago. So Rip Apart, you should pick up, because I think that's going to be a great sideboard card for standard Pioneer and Modern, if you're in mm. Lawhole slash Boris X decks. Shame it's a sorcery. I wish it was an instant, but I think that's just me wanting more than I can actually want you know yeah. um and then fractures also seems quite good otherwise 
this this set seems really good for like really powerful yet affordable commons and uncommons which is a really good baseline for budget magic and i am very happy that the gap between uncommon and rare is closer than it ever has been because mm. it makes it affordable and the last recommendation is don't buy the snarl lands because they are terrible unless you're playing standard because you kind of need to play them in standard don't play them in pioneer modern because they are just bad even in standard i'd say look if you're looking at a deck and you need to craft you know a couple of lands for a deck if they're the snarls just don't bother it's fine yeah, not a big it's deal it's not good i think the thing that annoyed me the most is like i i, I understand what's you want to complete cycles slowly mm. but surely i'm just like bring the pain lands give us the give us the yeah. ally pain lands like from 10th edition or whatever because it means they're in pioneer and people can actually yeah. play pioneer and be creative and you know actually invigorate the format in some way and it's really hard when the land bases aren't completely symmetrical rant over <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's move on then to q a do we have any this yes. week emma Yep, so we have our weekly tweet from Evie the Mage 97. Um, so they say, with all the new tokens coming out from Strixhaven, Massacre Girl for less than one dollar eliminates them all, clearing the board and providing you with a 4 4 mm. body. And that does pretty well in EDH. Other than that, happy pre release for you two and hope everyone's pulls are great. I know my pulls were great, so thank you. <laughs> I unfortunately haven't had a chance to get a pool yet, but hopefully soon. Massacre Girl, great call, by the way. I play that in yeah. Sir Conrad, and it is a house, let me tell you. Massacre Girl and Massacre Worm, name a better pairing. Then we have a question from Simon Grip. They sent this in last week, but because we had Angelo on the show, we were very tight on time. He, he talks too much, basically. Angelo yeah, just, just blame Angelo. Yeah. He just rambles on way too much. You, <laughs> you saw the audio file on, uh, on, on our Twitter. So, yeah, Simon says... Um, <laughs> Simon says... So, Simon says... Hey, I don't know if it's too late, but I'll give it a try. Do you have any suggestions how to upgrade mono red, a mono-red prowess deck into a Lawhole Boros prowess deck with Luminancer and possibly the Light Scrolls as creature includes? Yes is the answer, but I'm not smart <laughs> enough to do it. Um, like, granted, this question was from last week. A lot of like noted MTGO grinders are playing Boros like prowess-esque storm builds because mm -hmm. Luminancer just seems nuts, as does the Light Scrove. Honestly, I haven't seen how it looks, but I suspect if the pros are still playing it after a week, it's got some legs. Yeah. I mean, it. there are some 5-0 lists probably by the time this comes out that are going to look just like what we'll probably describe here. They are very similar. I had, actually, I had a list up on my Twitter there once the cards had come out. And you can kind of get an idea from that. I am not 100% sold on the Light Scribes in the likes of Modern, for example, but the Lumomancers, they've got promise, for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the lists that end up 5 0 are very, very similar to my lists, because there's very little other spells that are as efficient and as dangerous as the ones that are already in Mono Red Prowess. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I can't think of anything that's in white that could possibly embellish upon these even more. You know Not what I mean? sideboard options, I think. I think that's yeah. the only thing, really, like rip parts and paths, maybe. Maybe like some God Willings or like some some sort of protection spell, but otherwise it's just like I think you just splash in for Luminance and then maybe like two light scrapes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't run a whole set. Yeah, for sure. Um, when it comes to upgrading from red, like to add another color, the mana base is actually pretty straightforward. It's add four Sunbay Canyon. Well, add as many Sunbay Canyons as you want, but add four Inspiring Vantage. 
that's the easiest play set to add because I think they're only like two or three dollars each at the moment. They're yeah. really, really good to add. The fast lands. I'm and unsure, unsure how much Sunbed Canyons are because I know they see a lot of play in modern. You can run Battlefield Forges instead if you're on a budget. Just a good note because Painlands are like it, it's a fine option if you can't afford yeah. Sunbed Canyons. Yeah, and then finally, just run the red white pathway. Yeah, it's easy. That's that's basically it. It's uh, if you're if you're. T- I'm assuming that this question is about modern. If it is, uh, take a look at some of the Boros Agro or Boros Burn decks in Pioneer, and pretty much just steal their mana base. It's it's good enough. <laughs> and then lastly, we have a question from Zach Traverso. They ask, which of the mystical archive cards has your favorite art? Oof. So, hold on. We're going to have to break this down because I don't think that I can pick between all of the English ones and all of the Japanese ones. I think Same. we have to have one of each. So, what would what would yours be? Um, so, if we're talking about the Japanese mystical archives, my one would be Crows and Grip because that art looks nice. incredible. And I love the split with the split second, like halfway through the sword, like a little mm-hmm. nod to the original art. So nice. And then for the English one, uh, it has to be God's Willing. I think it's the heroic player in me, but that art just looks really nice. It's just really, really elegant and clean. Um, I'm definitely going to pick up a playset for Feather at some point. How about you? Yeah, some nice picks. For me, for the Japanese ones, I found it so hard to pick because I'm just all about that aesthetic. I, like, It's very hard to choose. I think I'm going to go with Shock. Oh, I think sure. the Shock looks so bold and like the, the, the sharp lines and everything. I just love it everything about it as for the english ones i like very heavily contrasting things that's why i initially liked the faithless zooling art because it was Mm. incredibly contrasting in what looked like photorealism and you know photoshopped on stuff even though by the way i'd like to point out that entire piece was painted traditionally and that's absolutely mind-blowing yeah but that is not my pick but my actual pick is eliminate Illuminate looks so good. The head sort of shattering and like falling away to dust Mm. and smoke. And it being just one or two tones of grey and then the jet black as the body, the white in the background as the light. And then just the tiny streaks of red coming out from it. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's just so well put together. It does remind me of another one which I'm going to notably mention quickly is Tendrils of Agony. It's very similar. Yeah. Very black white, you have this black line, they have this line that goes through, you see the skeleton which is in red, and it's just like, oh, so nice. Yeah. I like how ham they went on these. It's got a very Dragon Age Inquisition tarot card vibe, and I'm a big fan of Dragon Age Inquisition, so it's just a nice it just reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm uh I'm a bit of a weeb, so I like the Japanese ones, so <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us here at the BMcast, and a special thanks to our patrons. At the Cheering Fanatic tier, we have Alejandro, Kilgore Trout 503, Max Makes Magic, Philippe Delmot, The Jazz Guy, The Joe Cheney, Bradley Rose, Dahi Carroll, Ian Holland, and The Pauper Guild. And at the Stonks tier, we have Anga Orr, Scott Creech, Simon Grip, Brian Madden, Nerblin, Everett Brogan, and Tom Telford. Thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We can't thank you enough. If you want to support us and add your name to this list of lovely people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash budgetmagiccast. 
If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagicast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMCast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck. <laughs>